everyone, welcome to Across the Park podcast, episode 12 of the 2021-22 season. Welcome to all our new viewers on YouTube. Hopefully we've got a, a, a few more for this episode. And thanks to everyone who has, um, you know, tuned in over the last few weeks. So it was, I think we're into our third week on YouTube now and, and the reaction's been fantastic. Don't forget to subscribe, please. It's really encouraging for us when we see the subscribers go up. And at some point it might mean that the podcast might be able to pay for a bevy, which would be fantastic, <laughs> wouldn't it, boys? So please subscribe. Oh, mind. It, it, it is a big help to us, and it? it does a... Uh, Boost the self-esteem slightly when people actually want to listen to us or watch us. <laughs> uh, so again, we are still available on the podcast. So if you are listening, welcome back and thanks for tuning in. Um, just a quick mention to our sponsors before we get started. As you can see from the colour coordination here, we've got the support of our clothing sponsors, Ver Clothing. You can get 20% discount if you're looking for some Christmas presents for you know any of the relatives. Or if you just want to grab some stuff yourself, you can use ATP20 at checkout to get 20% off. And I believe you've got some polos on the way to us as well, boys. So we have to mix it up a little bit. Feel like we have to wear some dif- different clothes. Um, and a massive thanks to our long-standing uh, sponsors, Camper Kings, as well. Uh, get over to camperkings.co.uk if you want to get yourself a little UK staycation, I think they call it. Um, Jib getting in the tent in this weather, definitely get into one of their camper vans or one of their motorhomes, which look unreal, by the way. And again, uh, thanks thanks to the, the, the offer they're going to give you guys. You can get a bottle of champagne and free insurance if you, if you check them out. Anyway, on to the, the main event or the main stuff. So for the any of our new viewers, we've got two shows. The first show is pre is reviews. We always get them to be mixed up, don't we? Reviews of the, the past games, previews of, of next week's games. And then we've got a new show, which is Game On. So we have two shows a week. Game On is basically quiz time and a little look back at a week in history. So that comes out towards the end of the week as well. So without without further ado, we're going to we're gonna start with uh, reviews from last week's games, and that starts with Liverpool. So we're going to hand over to the Reds, first of all, Gary and Phil. So Gary, Phil, I guess after half an hour, it seemed like another routine victory, didn't it? But Brighton has other ideas. Yeah, it was an incredibly frustrating game. Um you know, that's the first time I can ever recall being at Anfield with drawing and I wanted the full-time whistle to go. I actually felt like that, um, which gives you a feeling to how the game ended, which was quite different from how the game started, to be honest. Although they did show early signs of danger getting in, um, you know, what they forced a great save out of Allison early on, didn't he? Um, but when we went 1-0 up um, and then when Salas, sorry, Mane had his goal rule offside, I thought we're flying here. We, we you know, we're, we're just going to go on to take these apart, and then all of a sudden, wasn't it two 0 when Mane got his this lad? Wasn't that yeah, one 0 up. Yeah, two 0 up, and then and then it was going to be three. And um, at that point, I just thought, oh, we're on our LDs here. Sound, but um, yeah, unfortunately, you know, that's what it seemed like the players thought that as well. It did, Gary. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like so it just completely changed, didn't it? The flow of the game, the tempo. Everything changed, and from that point on, Brighton just you know took strength from that and just went on and on and on and got better and better. Um, for me, I know there's all a narrative after the game about Firmino and Curtis Jones, everyone's you know sort of saying they were off it and they were. Um, for me, the big thing was the defense, you know, because we scored two goals. The reason we didn't take three points from that game was because of the defense. Um, 
I think they're all at sea. I think they're just out of position. You know, you look at that shot uh, that they had early on, that forced to save. Um, Van Dijk's in the right-back position. You've got Kanate sort of in the middle of the pitch, and they're just through there. They're using you thinking, what, that, what's going on here? What is that, is that, not a, that not a result in midfield, though? We're, we're going to come on to the same thing when we talk about our game, but surely the lack of Fabinho and stuff like that is maybe The, a bit the thing that kills us, I, and I'll point everyone to our instant match reaction, me and Terry did straight after the game, Um the the thing with Firmino and Jones was it wasn't it wasn't just that they had a poor game because not not very many players had a good game for us but they yeah. were like standout disappointing performers because every time they got the ball both of them they were losing it. It, it they didn't give us anything didn't hold it up they didn't let us get out when we were under the cosh a little bit or when Brighton did try and attack and then the, the times that you're talking about where it looked like the defenses all over the show it, that stems from us losing the ball in midfield when we're trying to get out. So the players are, are, are like in a, in a sort of structured formation. It's it's killed us a bit with the amount of times we lost the ball. It wasn't just them two, but for me, them two were the standout, and that's why that's what you're seeing in most places. Well, yeah, I mean, they were losing the ball, and it didn't help us, obviously. And when you lose the ball in transition, obviously that's that's when the, the team can be out of shape. I think there's a bit more going on than that, though, Gary. And, I, 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 you know... We'll come on to it in a bit about why Kanate started. And we've paid big money for him and stuff like that. So he should be ready. And he's had a couple of good performances. But for me, I just kept thinking, where's Kanate gone? And I'm looking around the pitch for him. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you picked up on that, but I just thought not really. No, I thought he was he was one of the players that come out with his with his head held a bit higher than the others. Not mm. not much more, but I, I didn't think he was one to be put to be looking at really myself. Well, a, a, a couple of times I saw Van Dijk go into like into the right back back position to cover Trent. In 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 seasons gone by, you'd see Henderson doing that, wouldn't you? Um, I found it weird that Van Dijk was pushing out wide to cover Trent and stuff at times. But like those big gaps in, in in between the in between the defenders, and Brighton were able to find passes into those gaps. I think Trossard's a great player. Well, not a great player, but a real dangerous little quick, you know, troublesome player and. Um, he caused, he caused us problems. That was you know? it for me, though. I think I think the players you were mentioning, and, and I've listened to you talking about it in between, there they they were a lot of the players that play well in between the lines, and that's why I was saying, I don't know if there is a bit of a an imbalance there, do you know what I mean? And and, and when you start yeah. talking about centre-backs going across the right-back, we've had the same, haven't we, Pricey? And, and, and you look and you think, all right, obviously there's been some really glaring errors on our side, and, and maybe on yours as well, but when people are getting pulled out of position, it doesn't normally... Suggest it's 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 actually their fault. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's it. You, you know, we 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 don't want to do a Sky Sports type analysis. We're not we're not even capable of it. But just as a, a fan sitting in the cop, I'm looking at that defence going. They're all over the place. As for why, it probably is about losing the ball in transition and stuff. And we 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 haven't got defensive midfielders on. We've got attacking midfielders on. Curtis Jones. I, I, one thing I do want to say about him in praise of him is. He was filling in behind Robertson and he was trying to fill the, the gaps on the pitch um, that normally Henderson would be doing while Fabinho was sitting. This time Henderson was sitting and, and Jones was trying to do that. And credit to him for that because he's an attacking player. So what I would say about Jones is that we're asking him to do something that's not really in his nature. That said, it doesn't excuse losing the ball all the time. I was going to say, that, that, yeah. that's fine if, if he was making mistakes defensively, but it's, it weren't that. It was the passing and trying to get forward. Yeah. Well, why did it change for you, Gary? Like, it started off okay, didn't it? 
just yeah, think- I, I don't know. I think the, the, it seemed like, like I said we point people to our Instamax reactions. It's a little bit more emotional than, than now because we've had a little bit more time to settle it in and settle in on and stuff. But yeah, I, th- I think it was just like me and Teddy said, and I think it was just more. It seemed like it was going to be easy from early on. So I, I think they may have, they, they seemed like they just thought they were on the holidays, as you said earlier on. So yeah, it was just it was disappointing to see because it's not often you see that from a Liverpool side. Certainly not this one. Yeah. No, I know. But you also mentioned on the uh, the instant match reaction that Allison had a good game. That tells you a lot as well, doesn't it? You come out of game two two uh, with Brighton and our man of the match is possibly, well, probably our keeper. Um, so that tells you the sort of how the game went. Gary, I'm seeing some stick for uh, Robertson. I, I I've heard a few people say he's give up crossing the ball. Um, I wouldn't say he's give up crossing, but what I'd say is that we don't know what sort of tactical tweaks we're trying to make. People are obviously onto the fact that we play with our wing backs high, and th- th- there's got to be some sort of change now and again within game. So, you know, you, you see the focus mainly on Trent trying to get the ball in, and Robertson certainly has hasn't been as sort of, you know, trying to put the ball in as much as he normally does. But as I say, you don't know what 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 Klopp's trying to do. He, he tweaks things here, there, and everywhere, and. 99% of the time they work, so I wouldn't harbour too much on that, but it's it's certainly something to well, watch. I think I think he's suffering confidence-wise with his deliveries at the moment. I can't imagine it being a tactical tweak to say don't like don't get the ball in the box. And um, one thing that Robertson needs to be aware of is that his number two, he's got a lot of assists himself already. He's put quite a few good balls in that have led to goals. So Robertson, um, and don't get me wrong, he still plays with a lot of heart. I was I was I wasn't disappointed in Robertson, even though he didn't have his best game. He was working hard to get that ball back. He was throwing the tackles in. Um, he was isolated in defence at times as well. Um, but he does need to raise at the other end of the pitch because he's now got a, a capable understudy. And um, we need to find that again for us. But I don't think it was the attacking end of the pitch that caused, caused us the problems on the day, was it? No, to, to be fair to Brighton, I think I think they done their own work on us. They... they came into the game in the sort of towards the second the second half of the of the first half. And for me they deserved the point. As and if, if anyone was gonna get the goal, as I thought they would have. So, you know, uh, it, although we're saying it was two points dropped, by the end of the game, I think it was it was a point gained. Good side, Brighton as well. They're, they're turning into a good little team. I, that, yeah, I was going to say that before. You need to give them credit for the way they played as well, because to go two 0 yeah, down around field and to come back is the way they did. And you've got to say they they did well themselves there. Definitely. Yeah, so as much as you're going on about you played not particularly well, I think you've got to give credit for how they play because they seem to play well, particularly second half. Yeah, I'd agree with that. We just heard the gong go off there, by the way. We heard the gong in the background. That was uh, the Liverpool's Liverpool action. <laughs> before we do Man of the Match, lads, is it, are you, are you breathing, Alison? If we're going for us, yeah, it'd have to be Alison. Yeah, yeah any, I agree. Any, any moments in the game that, that, that stuck out for you where you like that, that was something that for us to cling on to or... I just thought the Salah's disallowed goal at the, at the start of the second half. I, I just think if if we could have held that on a, the, the pass, if we'd have played the pass a little bit sooner, the game was over. Fair enough. Okay, well, Pacey, we are unfortunately going to have to move on to, to last night's um, 2 1 defeat at Wolves. Talk about a game of, of two halves. But before we do go on to like the, you know, just looking at the moments in the game and stuff, let's talk about the, the start and 11 and, and I suppose the inclusion of, of John Philippe Gabamon, which for most Everton fans, is long overdue, but you know, starting eleven and and then maybe just briefly on on um, Kabamon. 
When I seen the starting eleven, I thought it was probably the best. Considering the injury, is probably the best starting eleven we could have had. There was concerns about Gabamon, and we'd said before the game how long is he going to last because he clearly couldn't have been fit to last the full game. I think in, in an ideal situation, he would have been brought into the to the game gradually, so he would have come on last twenty minutes for a couple of weeks and then and then started. But I don't think we had any. We've got anyone else. Benita says at the end of the game that Delph weren't even weren't fit either. He shouldn't have really played half a game. So I think he was probably in a bit of a catch twenty two situation about playing him. Um, I think it was the undoing of us eventually. Well, not eventually from the very start. Um, I think the fact that Gabamon was playing Wolves sort of the way Wolves played, they just the team to have an extra man. Well, they did have an extra man in midfield or a front playing in between the lines, and Gabamon was off the pace. Alan was trying to overcompensate for him a little bit as well. Um, and I think I think that was probably the main reason why uh, we were so poor in the first half. Everything just seemed to lead from that. The fact that Wolves had identified that they could get in between our midfield and defence in between the lines. And yeah, if, if we were if we would have had a a thicker Bamman or, or a fit uh, Decore in midfield there, I think it might have been a little bit different, but he just seemed to be and you can't blame him, he just seemed to be completely off the pace. Um but but the starting eleven, I mean, I, I wouldn't have complained about the starting eleven when I, when I seen the, uh, the team sheet come through. Um, it was just unfortunate that obviously Gabamon was rushed back and he's not as fit as what we'd like with, him to with, be. With that, with that though, and, and I was I was trying to lead you in that direction. Everyone for me after fifteen minutes could see there was a glaring mm. hole in that midfield, and yeah, and and again when I say everyone. I think anyone who watches any football could see that we were being overrun in, in, in midfield. And a manager as experienced as Benitez is, and someone who's renowned for making changes when he needs to make them, I would have expected something to happen there. And he didn't make any changes even on the pitch until we were 2 0 down. Yeah, it did disappoint me. What disappointed me, he, he didn't even have to change the the personnel, really. He just had to tell Alan to sit deeper. And, 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 and that's all he had to do in the same way Delft did in the second half. Yeah. Um, so that disappointed me but the players on the pitch as well I mean I know it comes from the manager but if I'm Michael Keane or if I'm uh, Holgate Keane's just a more experienced player that's why I mentioned him I'd, I'd make sure when the field has dropped in I'd be, yeah. I'd be telling them to drop in or I'd, I think he could have pushed they could have, we could have pushed forward a little bit as well instead of sitting so deep so yeah it, it was obvious to see and he, he changed it probably last 15 of the first half didn't he when he put Townsend in there but, and then the second half we were much better and we looked more balanced with Delft but the players as well, I think they've got to take responsibility for not having a word with each other and just saying, let's 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 push forward a little bit from defence or Alan, you just drop in. Um but I, w- I would have definitely liked to have seen a change and then and then by time that by the time it happens and we're two 0 down, the game's pretty much over, isn't it? Uh, they yeah. could have had more as well with that offside goal. I think we got look quite I mean he was offside, but we were lucky he was offside because it was there was yeah, they had that edit at the post as well. Yeah. These did have more moments though, and I I said to you using it in our WhatsApp. It'll be robbery, and if we if we get away with a point here, just because yeah. of how how much better they were in the first half, yeah. and still how many chances they were creating in the second. Yeah, I mean on the ball as well, we were we were sloppy on the ball. Um, when you when you got your backs to all a little bit like that, and they because I mean they were good left handed towards they played I thought they played really well, and they obviously had a game plan that they stuck to. But from our point of view, if you're playing in that type of game, when you've got the ball, you need to keep it. Keep hold of the ball, and we just we just looked naive on the ball and, and sloppy with our passing. So that was the letdown as well. Um, there, there was definitely, I mean, the Reds have just spoke a little bit about it then, but there was definitely an imbalance in there, wasn't it? We didn't have enough defensively yet. We didn't have enough to kind of threaten them on the break. The players just looked really ragged and and a little bit shell shocked. And I suppose that happens, doesn't it? You know, it happens at any at any level. If you if you go into a game and you feel after ten minutes like you're being completely overrun in every area. 
you do start chasing shadows, don't you? And, and yeah, that's, yeah. That's what happens. Yeah, pulling players out of position and stuff. But that's when you need you again. You need your leaders to get hold of it and just calm it right down. Get hold of the ball, pass, pass it along the back. Make sure we just kill the game a little bit. We just don't have them type of players who can do that. I mean, um, we, we have, haven't we? And, and I think Benitez spoke about it. And I think what we'd have to concede, and this this goes back to my previous points. He's still learning about the players, isn't he? What they're capable of, who the actual leaders are on the pitch, who the leaders are off the pitch. If you look at, you know, Mina, Dean, Takore, even Calvert Lewin to a certain extent, they do have an influence, don't they? Yeah, yeah. On 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 the other players, and and I think you can see at the moment that we are struggling with players to change games without without those those players in particular. Yeah, yeah. Any team that loses the spine of the of the, of the team, uh, save for the goalie, is is going to struggle, and we're no different than than everyone else. As you say, I think he is he is sort of learning who can who can, we can rely on and who we can trust. Um, there's quite a few there, but what 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 noticed last night? The players were having a go at each other and on each other's backs, which I haven't seen for a while. And when that yeah. starts to happen, that's when you sort of realise something's got something's going on there. That they're not they're not trusting each other, or the I don't know. They just. Yeah, I don't know. They just it seems to be on each other's back. Got, I guess you've got your players who are in the camp of this is what the manager told us to do, and then you've got your players who are reacting to the situation. Yeah. Almost neither of them's wrong. Do you know what I mean? Because if, as an experienced player, as a footballer, you've got to react to what's going on on the pitch, but yeah. also you've got to follow a game plan. But if you know that game plan isn't working, that's why I don't know. It's hard to know who's camping in because I don't yeah. think the manager's game plan was right. But then at the same time. If you've got one camp going one way and one with the other, it's never going to work, is it? No, no, no. And that's why you need to just, you know, the manager needs to unite them and make sure that they're all on board, isn't it? But, um, I mean, second half, we, you know, we've we, we done all right. Delph, Delph was the, the big, I didn't think I'd ever say it, but Delph was the big difference. He was brilliant. Uh, exactly what we needed. Just slow. He done, he done what we're saying there, getting hold of the ball, just keeping up, keeping possession, making sure it ticks over, picking up the extra man. He was, he was really good. And it was just frustrating that we couldn't have, Played like that in the first half because, mm. well, as much as Wolves played well, if we'd have had that game plan to start with, which I know is easy in hindsight, mm. um, I don't think would have caused us half the amount of problems they did in the first half. No, you're right, and 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 the other thing of the second half is we are two 0 down, so we are going to yeah. get stretched and they are going to get chances <clears> for the counter. Yeah, I, I think going just going back to learning about players, it was a bit of a damning statement for Davis, wasn't it? The fact yeah, that he fell off the bench in a game yeah. where. We look like you're crying out for players to carry the ball, to keep the ball. Another midfielder, and he hasn't he hasn't moved off the bench. No, he's given two half fit midfielders and half each, hasn't he? Rather than playing a fully yeah. fit midfielder all the whole game, and you know what? That's I'm all right with that because Davy has let us down time and time again. I'm sure he's a lovely, lovely person and all that, but he's let us down on the pitch so many, so many times that it's like he can't be given more chances. There's more, there's more players that given the chance. Well, I hope given the chance, what won't play either. Um, that that haven't that haven't to play because of necessity. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm right yeah, there's no tears shed over that. Uh, no, that he's, that he's shown that listen, you, you had you know the full ninety minutes game. Watford yeah. is clearly looking back at the game and, and you know as an experienced manager, he's had the chance to analyse some of those some of those goals and he clearly feels that you know the likes of Davis were very culpable for them. So yeah. happy days that he's that he's noticed that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I, I agree. And you know what? Some of the some of the players did show a lot of bottle and fight in the second half. I mean. Let's let's just briefly touch on on what was one of the most embarrassing goals you'll see, um, you know, th- this season uh, in the Premier League, and and that was the one where you know Jimenez beats beats Pickford. You know, you've got three or, or maybe all four defenders that were culpable to some extent, weren't they, for that goal? Um, I mean, Coleman maybe excused because he's on the other side of the pitch, but 
you've got a, a pretty poor decision for the pass that goes across to Godfrey. You've got a dreadful first touch that puts him back towards his own goal. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, there was good pressure from Wolves, but it's a poor first touch. It means he, he's chasing it. And, you know, although that decision to go back for Pickford wasn't the worst decision in the world, the execution of the pass was, on, I know, on his favourite foot, was dreadful. And then you've got, you know, Holgate on his heels. It was poor on so many levels, wasn't it? Just individual mistakes. Yeah. Godfrey, I mean, it's easy to single out Godfrey, but in particular, it just it showed it was like a lack of concentration first. As you say, the touch. I know, like Phil said, we're not Sky Sports news analysts, but the touch just took him out of his feet and gone up the line. It, it should have been easier. The pass weren't the best, but he should, it was good enough for him to just take a touch and go up the line. That touch was dreadful. And then just Jimenez was there to be seen. It weren't like, you know, it weren't like he was hiding. He was there and he just, as you say, the pass was just just a lack of concentration. I think he realised that. And then in the second half, he's 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 trying to Put sort of, day. not overdo it, yeah, he's trying to make up for it. And you just wish, why, why weren't you just that switched on from the start? Um, but yeah, the defending was the defending was poor last night. But as I said before, it was it was a mixture of things. It was it was it was having that extra man in midfield and the defense sort of being a bit at odds with each other, not really knowing who to follow and who not to follow. So yeah, it was just it was just um, that goal in particular. But the, I mean, we got a question on. I know we're not maybe not going on to social media we, we, yet, but yeah, I was going to yeah, marking. yeah, yeah, yeah there's all marking. I was say we will touch on it in social media, so we're not. So we, we will go back to that. We're not neglecting what was, again, another poor display from set play. So we will come to that mm. and we'll, we can both have our say in it, can't we? What's, yeah, uh, yeah. what's Richarlison been like since you come back? Because I thought, like, obviously, Rondon's been a bit of a stalemate for you going forward, which I haven't given you anything. But Richarlison coming back, surely should have made some sort of difference. I mean, he obviously he only came on for 25 minutes or half an hour last week. He scored within five minutes of being on the pitch. Last night, I thought he was a threat. I thought he was isolated. He's never... He's never great on his own, Richarlison. Like he does need someone playing close to him. When you've got Alex Iwobi, who's your closest player, you know, you're on a bit of a hide and to not, aren't you? Um, I thought he you know, I thought he pressed well. I mean, you look at the goal that he nearly got himself where he just chased the ball down. That's what you get with Richarlison that you'll never get with Rondon. He's gonna be a threat because of his pace. And he does, despite his sulking, he does always work hard and he does always put a shift in. Sometimes that shift's a bit misplaced, but I don't think personally, considering he's been out for a while, that you could really fault him last night's his efforts anyway. No, no. That was a loaded question by Gary, the, the Richarlison yeah. hater. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. I, just, I didn't see the game, so I was, I was just wondering how he played. Well, listen, let's move on to social media, because I know that there's a... I mean, before we do, Price, was there anyone that stood... Anyone that kind of come out to that game with any credit? Was it, was it Delph. Delph, Delph come on at half-time and, and, and changed the game just in himself. That's it. Um no one else really, has, I don't suppose, played particularly well. Andy Gordon came on, had a couple of good touches, yeah. Yeah. But overall, overall, uh, yeah, I think I think Delph's probably the only one who, who you'd say actually played well. And you know what? You said it, but I, I've got to hold my hands up. I, I, I've, I've hated Delph since almost since the moment he worked, walked through the door. He looked like he just came for a pay, you know, a pay, pay package. You know what, don't you, G? Well, I, always, I always remember you saying that he thinks he's something he's not. But what Pricey just said there was he played it simple. I think it's when he starts trying to do too much. That's all, isn't he? You know that, yeah. that's all yeah. we expected from him. That's all we wanted from him when he came in. It's just some experience, you know, kind of help the players around and keep the ball, put his foot in where he needs to, give away some fouls, you know, where he needs to. And he done that last night, and and he, you know, he was a breath of fresh air. And, and if he played like that, and more importantly, if he stayed fit. Yeah, that's the big thing. The fitness is the big thing. He hasn't played enough as we would have expected him to play, and yeah. because of that, he's been playing uh, out of position sometimes as well. And yeah, it just hasn't happened for him. But 
Okay. Well, listen, let's move on to, to, to social media then. Okay. We'll start with that tonal marking question we got in from Saituri. He's asking for your input specifically on this, Judgy. said, it's easy to point at tonal marking and say it's our fault. Um, we could go man for man, but if the players aren't attacking the ball, we're still we're still going to concede. Yeah, we're, we're not like like Price you said before, and, and I think it's been pinpointed to me because I'm the one who, who who kind of goes into a bit more detail, and it's just just because of my job. But um, to keep it simple, Benitez almost said it. I think a few weeks ago, it's about responsibility and it's about going and attacking the ball. Whether you play man to man or whether you play zonal, you can't deny that if players aren't going to be aggressive and attack the ball then it, it does think, make things more difficult. The last time we played it, a zonal marking system was under Marco Silver. And it, it, again, it didn't work. And it never worked when you change the system, very rarely. Now, last year under, under Ancelotti, we had a combination of zonal marking where players would play on front post or the corner of the, the six-yard box, the middle of the six-yard box and, and the other corner. So basically, three players would play zonally and the rest of them would go mark man-to-man. And the three players who were left free were the ones who go and win the ball, like you know the the real attacking players, but the big players would be marked as well, and that worked quite well for us because it's quite an easy concept to grasp. Um, and your attacking players like your Richarlison's and Calvert-Lewin get to just go and win the ball, don't have to mark anyone, and your defending players go mark, which is going to put them to ruin. So that worked quite well for us. Obviously, Benitez is going on a full-on zonal marking system. You know, Carragher put you know, anyone who watched you know Monday Night Football will see a better analysis than I'm going to give you, but. The biggest issue is responsibility. Players not not fulfilling the responsibilities in that system at the moment. So you've got blockers who aren't blocking players effectively. So the blockers are obviously trying to stop the men from getting a good run on the ball. We all know when we a footy at any level, someone throws the ball up to you and you're standing there and heading it. It's difficult to get any real power on the ball. If you're running and getting it, you know, running onto a ball, you can really get something behind it and you've got a better chance of scoring. Quick one, does it affect the next phase of play? Because what I'm thinking is, Everton had an issue with set pieces, it was solved. Why change something that's not broke? Is it it's to just, do it because the next... thing, isn't it? You know, I think you said as well, Benitez had problems with set pieces when he first came in at Liverpool. It took maybe six months a season to solve it. Um, it, it is the players really grasping what the benefits are. And like Price was saying before, and, and we touched on, I think you've got a bit of a camp of the players who are thinking, I'm not having this. And half of them, they're half thinking, and again, this is me speculating, by the way, I think they're half thinking, the more goals we can see, the more he might have to change his ways here. They need to quickly realise that's not going to happen. Yeah, they won't do that. It's, it's there to stay, and I think the only thing that's going to happen with players who don't buy into it is they'll just be out the side quicker than you know quicker than you know it. And that might be a thing, something that, that's related to Tom Davies as well. Um, so in, in relation, look, there's loads of things that you'll have, will happen when you have a new manager and you'll say, we didn't used to do that. Why do we do it? So it's, you know, that's just something that goes with the territory, isn't it? Anything, anything for you for that, Pricey? No, no, that's it. I think that the issue with the Zola Markham from Carragher pointed out last night is the blockers, the three blockers, uh, they're just not strong enough and not doing the job well enough. And then what that leads to for me is then the the, the guys who are on the edge of the six-yard box who are the blockers, they have got to stand and jump. So when people, if they, if, if Wolves runners, for example, can get in between our, our, our zonal fellas and you've got a, you've got a free header and that's what was happening. Um, yeah. But for me, it's, it's the blockers that have got no responsibility today. Towns and whoever else it was, they just don't seem strong enough to be to be holding the ground. And in fairness, you wouldn't have them, would you? I think that was the point that you were making. Mm. They wouldn't be the players who would be the blockers if we had everyone available. No. You would have like a Decore in there, yeah. who's obviously a more effective blocker, and you would have, you know, maybe a Calvert Loon, who's who's another player who's in there who can maybe go and win Edza. So 
there is a personnel issue in there as well. Um, but look, I, I think what we've got to accept as fans is it's going to take time. It's going to be frustrating. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not going to be one of them that stands who's going, oh, it's sound that. Can see there's another goal because it's frustrating and you're thinking, look, just get it right. Just do something in the meantime to fix it. But, you know, we'll see. Okay, we had another question. This one's from Danny on the website. He was gutted by Liverpool's draw and he wants to know why was Jota so late to come on when Bobby Fino was having such a poor game? I have no idea how to answer that. I, I was screaming for it myself. I, I just thought you could see there was a glaring, glaring opportunity for him there. We were we needed someone who was going to be in. He's one of them players, Jota, who he, he pops up in the right place at the right time. You know, he's he's got a knack for being his movement quality. He, he's all, he's good at holding the ball up. He's good at, at, at turning them round and going forward with the ball. It's exactly what we needed in the game because every time it went up there, for me, you know, either lost it or misplaced a pass or same with Jones, like as we said earlier on. Um, not just them either, like Salah, Salah had a rare off day. Uh, Mane wasn't overly overly great either. Um, certainly after after the first like, 15, 20 minutes. So, yeah, I, I, to answer that, I don't really know why he waited so long. The, the only explanation... Daddy, where, like, you just know he's not going to make a substitution before 65 minutes. Cards no matter what's going on. Sometimes well, no, you like... took, took Lovren off after 15 minutes against Spurs. <laughs> so, I know, it's been done, like, but typically, yeah, I, though, isn't it? You won't I just think it's one of, I, I, it was another one of them for me, like the, the Blues were just were saying before, they could see glaring holes and glaring things that they needed to change, and, and Benitez didn't change it. I just think Klopp sort of done the same thing. I don't know whether Jota got a little knock or something and he didn't have that long in him. He only had a certain amount of time in him or something, and maybe there's something in that, but for me, he, he needed to be on earlier. I thought if, if he didn't want to bring, you know, they had, he had a couple of young kids on the bench there, that that, that uh, Gordon who, who plays in midfield. For me, the way he's, I know he's only played against lower lower opposition, but for me, he's, he's looked a great player. And if he's ever going to get a chance, it, it would have been then to to come on and try and steady it, give Henderson a chance to go forward a little bit, rather because he plays in a holding role, and maybe that would have would have helped us out a little bit more. But yeah, it, but to the question, I, I don't know why Jota was was held back so long. Okay, Blues. I've got I'll ask two in succession here. EFC picks on Instagram said. I wish we were, I wish we went for Moise there. I said it. Uh, when do you realistically see our next three points coming? And then we also had a message from Jamie who said, all I'm seeing online today is Blue saying how we should have got Moise in 2019 after Silver. Not sure about you, lads, but let's not be hindsight merchants when it comes to giving Carlo, Ancel uh, Carlo Ancelotti the job. Um, if I found out we could have had Ancelotti as a manager and the board decided not to, I would have burnt the ground down. <laughs> so, um, I, I start with the last comment because it's a great comment. Look, any Evertonian would have felt like that. If we'd have had the chance to appoint Angelotti and we went back and got a previous manager, it would have been seen as a lack of ambition. Every you know, loads of th thoughts that came to mind. I don't think you can regret it. We said it even when he left. I don't think you could regret appointing him. We went to know that he had, perceivedly, a, you know, an intention of only staying a short time, it was being a stopgap. Um, in terms of Moyes, look, I, I, I've said it a few times, I can't, I, I don't look back at his time with regret. I think he's done a fantastic job under the circumstances and even look at the jobs he's done since and he's, he's very, you know, he's he conducted himself well but I think whenever he's had that, you know, that chance and he's been given a, an amount of money, responsibility and, and dealing with bigger players, 
on bigger salaries with, with different expectations. I think he struggles. Um, he's not at that point with West Ham yet. He's still riding that wave and he's still doing very well. You know, would Moyes have, have got us to seventh and eighth consistently and, and, and had us beating the, the mid-table sides and beating the, the teams lower down the league? No question. Would he have us winning games at Goodison? Yeah, definitely. But would we be competing with the top four? No, I don't think we would. And I still don't think he'll do that with West Ham. I just think that's his mentality. I think that's the way he See, is. I don't think he's a bad manager for that. I just think that's... Yeah, that's his level. Yeah, I just think our owners, you know, you know, there's going to be some criticism of the owners, uh, rightfully so, and, and, and the management above the manager as in director of football and, and everything. But I don't think the appointments bar maybe Marco Silva have been appointments where you go, well, that's, that's a lack of ambition, it's a poor decision. I think they've tried the best to, to, to appoint someone. But the, the thing is with that though, you've, you know you're on a bit of, usually in a bit of a process where you just need to go from being that level of team to get him to try and a challenge in the top four. And, you know, obviously you all eventually want to be challenging the titles and stuff, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. But yeah, you just cool. need to get, you just need to, you need to follow a process. You can't just, you can't just bring in Ancelotti and think, well, that's it. We'll be top four in a couple of years now. You, no, you probably, I think David Moyes probably would have, would have been a decent appointment. And also obviously, like, like the lad said in, on the message, it's easy in hindsight to say it, but it probably would have been a decent appointment for Moyes. To then get you steady in that sixth, seventh, eighth position where where you wear under him, and then maybe bring in an Ancelotti or or you know a, a more more qualified man for the top four. I think I think the director of football needs to set a philosophy, doesn't he? And then the manager fits the philosophy of the club. Well, it's been all over the place for me. That's what I was getting at, though, and and I, and I know the Ancelotti one was a bit of an exception, and maybe now Benitez is because it's like, look, we need a manager who who's got experience or whatever. But I think that was what. The Marco Silver appointment was. I think maybe that's what the Cumin appointment was, where it was like, look, we need a, a player who's got the uh, a coach who's got the DNA of playing this type of football and bringing this type of player in and whatever. But they didn't work. So I think when you're the owner and the person who's putting all the money in, you, you need to. I think that what what's happened then is then been a clash between the director of football and the owner, where the owner's like, hold on, I want someone who's gonna who's gonna take the ball by the horns. And Ancelotti's, you know, more renowned for that, and Benitez probably is more renowned for that. It does leave the director of football out in the cold, and I know we consistently have questions about that. But Pricey, what the, the money thing is to draw it to a close? Um, I mean, I, I agree with the second uh, comment there. If we'd known we could have had Ancelotti, we were back for Moyes, there would, there would have been hell to pay because at that time we wanted to move up the level and, and Ancelotti was seen as moving us up that level. I think just to, for, for me at the moment, whatever I need more than anything is just to have consistency with the manager. So just keep Benitez in, give him a few transfer windows, allow him to get rid of the deadwood, bring in his own players. That's what we need now. We don't need to be chopping and changing anymore. We've gone with Benitez. We've tied our, you know, Colours to the mask. Let's stick with him and let's see what he can do over the next couple of years. And that's where I'm at. 100%. You've got to be majorly frustrated with this because I'm getting frustrated by this because it, it, this seems to be what you say all the time. But so it's just a revolving yeah, Ancelotti door was the same, or not Ancelotti would have stayed and done it if he'd have stayed with us. And yeah. Benitez, I just want him to do the same. Yeah. Okay, next question comes from Chris on the website. And he just wants to know if the Reds are getting concerned about the lack of uh, strength and depth in the midfield in particular. Um. So, Gary, you look at the, the game of the weekend there. Kate has gone off. We've brought in probably our seventh-choice midfielder in the Ox. Now, you would think to have Chamberlain as your seventh-choice midfielder shows that there is strength in depth. But, there, you know, I don't know. How do you feel about it? 
Um, it, it's certainly worrying, especially when you see how we performed, the, the midfield performed at the weekend. Um, you know, if, if it stays like this going into the, 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 the festive period and you've got game after game after game and, and we're, we're struggling with, with just three three or four fit midfielders and, the, and it's not even like our first choice midfielders either, then it, it would be a bit worrying. But by all accounts, Fabinho's, you know, back in training and, and should be ready for, if not tomorrow, the weekend, uh, Thiago. However long he'll stay fit for, I don't know, but he might get a couple of games out of him. Um, Anderson hopefully won't pick anything up, but he, he's been one to you know pick up knocks lately as well. And it's just it's just a bit worrying. Like I think Teddy said it on the instant match that reaction again. Um, Wayne Alden, the the big thing with him was that he was never present in the team. No, he never ever injured. You could count on him for every single game, midweek weekend, midweek weekend, forever. And I think now we're we're, we're seeing how, how important that was for us with with the injuries that we do pick up. And when we do pick up these these knocks that that our, our players seem to get. It's not just enough for one game. It, they, they seem to be out for three or four weeks. And then when, when that happens and it's three or four players, that's when you start feeling it. And it, unfortunately, at the moment, well, say at the moment, it's been one game, but you know you don't want that to drag on because, as I said before, we're going to be coming into the, the a busy period now and we can't really afford to. We've already slipped to three points behind Chelsea now and they don't look like dropping points. So you've got to make sure you're clinging on to them and, and, and don't lose ground, especially with knowing we're going to lose Salah and Mane in the, in the uh, January as well. So, For me with the midfield, Gary, it's like you lose Fabinho or, or Henderson and then you'll see them replaced in the match with like Keita or Ox and you're thinking, that's just a total change of plan. That's not like swapping a player for a player, but it's, it's often a totally different approach because we have to. I was going to say, but that's, that's forced. It's forced, yeah. And I suppose that's where, it ha- although we have got a large number of players there in midfield, and there probably isn't room for a lot more people to come in, but um, it's the way we have to completely change direction. And then even if one of them's injured, if Fabinho plays on his own or Henderson and he's with Ox and Cater, it looks like Fabinho or Henderson have half had a bad game because they're trying to do everything on their own um, in terms of the responsibilities of, of defending and, 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 and shape. So, yeah, I agree. Terry said, didn't he? Basuma needs to come in when we sold um, Wijnaldum. Wow. Someone like that now would be would be making a difference. But that was that was the um, point I was making about that young kid before, though. He's he, yeah. he's played a couple of games and looked like he could sort of do. Don't get me wrong. He's, again, he's played in the Carabao Cup and uh, against lesser opposition, but it, you, you never know what he can do until you put him in. Yeah. Are you talking about Tyler Morton or Kate Gordon? Morton, yeah. Yeah. It's a- not quite ready, Tyler, Tyler Morton for for that level, but anyway, um, we'll move on to to the to the briefly to the, the previews. Then, pricey, I mean, classic Everton. Um, <laughs> you know, we've got spares of the weekend. We've been pretty hopeless, just as bad as us in the last few weeks. And they go and get one of the best managers in the world, who's got a ridiculous record. Not only is that confirmed, is it? Yeah, he's got it. Yeah, he's been appointed. Um, so Antonio Conte taking charge of his first game, two o'clock on Sunday. <laughs> of course, it's Evan. Proper Evan. Um, I mean, for the neutral, it, it's obviously, and, and, and for general Premier League fans, it's great to see another, you know, top manager coming back into the Premier League. And there's just an abundance of them now. But, you know, even Benitez will be thinking, see, <laughs> any chance? Um, so, yeah, you know, let's focus on us because I think we know what we're going to get from Conte. You know, they're going to they're going to come out the traps. They're probably going to be instantly tougher to, to score against. Um, but I think, you know, Harry Kane will probably be delighted because he didn't seem happy, did he, under, 
under um, Santo. But yeah, thoughts? Um, exactly that. I think Spurs looked deflated by the manager. It looked like no one was trying to, no one was really invested in what he was trying to do. And with Conte, there's going to be, even if he hasn't been on the training pitch for that long with them, it's going to be an instant reaction with them. Um, I'm not sure who's, who's back. I don't think anyone's back for us, is there? I think that our injuries to the main players are still going to be, uh, you know, Sunday, we're still going to be out on Sunday. So it just depends who we, first of all, how, how much we can work on, on that, that defensive shape in terms of, um, which midfielder plays and, and how, we, how they can work with the centre-backs and make sure that we get those lines better than we did and more compact than we did the weekend. But for us, I think it's just going to be a case of, I don't know what it's going to be. It's going to be a scrappy game, isn't it? I think it's going to be a scrappy game. I think they're just going to be out the traps. We're, we're, going, to be, we're going to be fighting. Hopefully, we're going to be fighting against it. Um, and it's just it's hard to call at the minute. I just think it's really it's really hard, whichever it turns up, because the fair... I think that because it is a better quality, a better of quality team, we might turn up more than we have done against against Watford and Wolves. Mm. Um, but that's hopeful thinking, probably. I, I don't really know what I'm expecting. It could, it could be, could go either way. Could no, go either I've, way. I've seen that with us placing in the past. There's been times where we've with the spells that we've gone through where we've been diabolical, and you've come up against a good team and you play so much better, and you just think, why can't we do that every week? You, yeah. you might, you might see that from you. Yeah. We need a reaction. I thought I thought we were going to get a reaction last night to the uh, the Wofford game. We didn't get it, so you hope with with a, with a full Goodison uh, that there is going to be a bit of a reaction there. Yeah, I think what would we'll be encouraging for the players is they seen the difference of just increasing the intensity in the second half, didn't he? Getting first to the ball and winning those 50-50 battles. It's basics, isn't it? But if you do that, which they done in the second half, we looked a better team and we looked the better team for a lot of the second half just by doing that. So. You'd like to think he can carry some of that over. I've got a feeling Luca Dean might be fit for Sunday, which which would defensively just give us a bit more balance, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. I'm not sure who comes out because they were all as bad as each other. I mean, you would expect the Keane will be the mainstay because that just seems yeah. to be the pattern. Um, and, you know, does Godfrey go in just because of the fact he's got a little bit more about him than Holgate? I think he would. I think Godfrey would go would go to centre back. I think Holgate only played because there's nobody else to come in. I don't think that's nobody else. That sounds unfair, but just because he's you know there was no one. Um, I think the issue is going to be, as you said, Harry Kane. When Harry Kane drops deep, I and mean, if he drops deep against us, he'll cause us all kinds of issues if we don't get that right and get that organisation right uh, in midfield. Would you go with Delph well, after, after yesterday? Yeah, yeah. If he's fit enough, yeah. Yeah. If he can give us an hour. And then you can bring someone like a Davis or a Gabbana. Can't even think about him playing again for, for now. But if it was a Davis who come on for half an hour, you might be okay, depending yeah. on the scoreline. But I think you've got to come. In, I think you've got to start with him based on. I think goal. so. Yeah, I think he's just got to do the same role as he done yesterday as well. Just tell him to sit deep, keep it simple, keep us taking over. He should. He should help with you know that thing of look getting the centre backs to push up if he has to. If he, even if he's just going to be a voice in there, I think it'll yeah. definitely help. My yeah. prediction: it's, it's a tough one, but. I just go with a draw, a score draw, maybe one all. As I say, it could I, I, I could go either way, but with how we play and how Spurs play, it depends which Spurs turn up. But I'll, I'll go score draw, one all. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with that. I think if it, if there was points on the line and we was in the prediction league, I might go with Tottenham to win. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with two two, um, and just maybe Tottenham lose a bit of the discipline because they're getting excited. Okay, so briefly on to yours before we finish, lads. Um, 4:30 p.m. You know, we've just been speaking about David Moyes done a done another cracking job this season, and he's got them playing really well. A lot of threat for them. How do you see that one going? 
Well, well, we've got before that we've got Atletico tomorrow, haven't we? Yeah, so of course, it probably makes sense to talk about it in that order, just in case. But um, yeah, I think Gary, team selection is the interesting talking point for me. It's like as matter being dropped now, is Klopp just rotating? Can you rotate centre half position? Um, you know, I think I think for for me that the thing with Matip is we've seen him in the past. We, we we've complained about Matip about how unfit he is all the time. How little he can, he's, how little games he gets when he, when he does get injured and stuff. So for me, I think it might just be good management of him. You know, the the, the fact that he's played so many early on in the season. At some point, you you just you'd expect it, and you know it's coming that he'll pick up a knock, uh, some sort of injury, and they t- tend to keep him out for long periods. So. I'm not too disheartened by the fact that he's been taken out a little bit. I don't think he's been dropped as such. I think it's just a, a case of trying to manage game time for our players. Um, I would I would expect to see Matthew come back in now. Uh, he's had a couple of games out and, and he's well-rested, I'd have thought. So, yeah, maybe maybe you'll see him against Atletico. I think the midfield, it just depends who's back fit. If- well, Thiago was training on Thursday, but he's had a long time out, hasn't he? So, he was back to training on Thursday and... and uh, Fabinho come back on Monday. It all seems a bit too soon to me. I, I certainly for Fabinho, I don't think you'll see him against Atletico. You might see Thiago, he, even if it's late on. He'll he'll certainly get some minutes. I think um, yeah. if he's not going to start, then you're looking at the same midfield again, aren't you? From from the weekend. Yeah. Uh, and and for me, if that if that's the case, they, they need to really book their ideas up because they, if they play anything like that, like they did against Brighton, then if if Atletico turn up the way you know they can. They, they could cause us real problems. Predictions yeah. for the Atletico one? I think it'll be difficult. I'm going to go score draw. I don't think we'll win this one. Um, I'll go probably 1-1. I'll just say the Anfield factor will come into it and I'll say 2-1 Liverpool. He did enjoy the last trip to Anfield, didn't he? I mean, the rest of the world didn't enjoy it because I think it kicked off COVID. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was... It was I a- think the thing for me with this game, it, it's not the end of the world if we don't win it. You know, it, it's a, it'll be a bit frustrating because it's on the back of the Brighton game and people might start thinking, are we going to start tripping up a little bit? But um, it's not the end of the world. We've won three out of three in the group. If we, if we come away with a draw or even a defeat, we are only one win away from, from qualifying in this group and we've still got Porto at home, who, you know, you'd like to think we can we can get the points there. So, um, yeah, I think I think the way the squad is at the minute, a draw wouldn't be a bad result. Okay. Just and West Ham, Gary. West Ham away on, on Sunday, then? Well, West Ham are in good form, aren't they? But we, we can't drop points there to, to Brighton and drop points to, to no. West Ham. We just can't do it. The league's too strong. So, you know, it's worrying. It's a, I'm quite worried about it. It's definitely it's definitely going to be a hard game, I think. Um, you know, Moyes, obviously, he hasn't got a, the greatest record against Liverpool. He'll certainly want that to change. Um, but... I just think for me, you, you don't get Salah playing having two off games in, in a row. I, I just don't I just can't see it happening. And think if he turns up that immediately puts you on the front foot. Um I, I don't I just don't think we can be as open as we were against Brighton. I, I think that'll we'll solve that issue. Uh, I fully expect us to pick the points up against West Ham, although they are a good side and I do think they will cause us problems. I still don't think they'll have enough to to get anything from the game. I'm sure I'm underplaying West Ham here when I say this, but to me. Uh, Declan Rice makes everything tick, and if he can sort of shut his game down, then you shut West Ham down. Yeah, he's he's certainly one of the one of their standout players, and he, you know he loves getting forward, loves loves the, loves being a box to box really, and mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I just think I, I do. I do fully expect us to have too much for them. You know, I, I, although they are a good side and they are they are doing well this season, I, I just think that, that they'll come up against a Liverpool who, who need the points again now with with withdrawing last week. So I, I think we'll. I do think we'll win the game. Okay, boys, we're in we're in overtime, so I'm going to push you for the the position. I'm going to go. We'll get back to keeping clean sheets, and we'll win three nil. I'll go two nil. I'm I'm shocked. It's going to be that comfortable, but we'll see. We'll see. Might not be comfortable. I just think we'll get the goals. Yeah, fair enough. Well, uh, thanks everyone. Thanks for tuning in to um, our first show of the week. Catch our game on later on in the week, which again is is a little quiz, and we'll we'll be doing a, a look back in history. We've got a derby win for the Reds, uh, which I'm not looking forward to. And we've also <laughs> got a trip to Nuremberg to look back at for the Blues. So please tune in later in the week. And like I said at the start, please click the subscribe button at the bottom. It takes like a second to just click subscribe, and it makes a big difference to us. So please do it, and we'll catch you next time. Take care.